Get ready to disrupt the status quo and embark on a journey of innovation and greater success. This is Revolutionary Practices for Financial Advisors, the ultimate podcast that will help you take your financial services practice to the next level. Your host, Eric Sussman, is excited to take you on an epic ride alongside esteemed guests. In this trailblazing show, we will unlock the secrets of success used by the best of the best. We'll share invaluable tips and techniques tailored specifically to elevate your practice. From mastering the art of client acquisition and engagement to leveraging the latest technology trends, we'll explore every aspect that can empower you to stand out from the crowd. No more conventional thinking. We'll introduce you to cutting-edge resources and proven strategies that will catapult your business to unprecedented heights. So, get ready to embrace the change and revolutionize your financial services practice. The time is now. The future is here. Welcome to Revolutionary Practices for Financial Advisors. Welcome back to The Revolution. Today we have Mr. Bill Cates, President of Referral Coach International. He's the host of Top Advisors Podcast and founder of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. How are you today, Bill? I'm doing great. And just in case they misheard you, it's not Bill Gates. It's Bill Cates with a C. I missed it by one letter and a, I don't know, a couple billion. All right, fair enough. If you only missed it by a couple of billion, you're, you're in good shape. That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Let's get started. And, and, and I'd love to first hear and, and, and ask you to share a little bit about your journey and experiences in the financial industry and basically how you got to where you are. Yeah, thanks. I've been working with financial advisors for almost 30 years now, a little over 30 years, actually, if I think about it. My first book was Unlimited Referrals. It came out quite a long time ago, since now you can get it on eBay for $3.95 or something. But I've been helping advisors with how they talk about their value and the referral process, of course, and turning referrals into introductions and centers of influence and targeting niche markets, the whole topic around client acquisition for over 30 years. And just love it because I really believe in the work that advisors do. I think that advisors help their clients make educated financial decisions that they wouldn't make without them. Right, they, we're, they're the advisors of those, the catalysts to get people off the sidelines and out of inertia into doing this important work. So it's been an enjoyable ride for quite a few years. Absolutely, Bill. I appreciate that. And I agree with you. I think what the work that we all do is fantastic and it really helps drive people to make good, smart decisions for themselves. Now, one of the things that I know is that you distinguish between the word referral and introduction. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the way I see the word referrals, and and we'll still use the word, it's for internal use only, but when we're with a a client, center of influence, or prospect, anyone has the ability to connect with with others, we should use the word introductions, because these days, the referred lead, as it's commonly called, it just doesn't work anymore. It's called George, use my name. George doesn't pick up the phone. If he sees a message from you, he's wondering why his friend gave his name out to somebody he doesn't know. And we know that people would prefer to meet us through a connection and introduction, hearing from someone else they trust, and and we want to leverage that borrowed trust. So let's use the word that represents 
what we want, what they want, which is an introduction. Absolutely. I think it's much, much less intimidating, less, it's just a better word. It's like the word commission versus revenue. The word commission isn't <laughs> seen as, as nice as a word as revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so every financial prof- professional that I've come across, they admit that referrals are like the lifeblood of, of a successful business. Why is it that more advisors are not working on getting more of these referrals and getting more introductions? Why is that such a, a tough thing? Yeah, it's, it's a, a bit of a conundrum in a sense because we know that most people would prefer to meet us through a recommendation or a referral or an introduction from someone they already trust. Most advisors see, they see referrals as the lifeblood or they give lip service to that. But the truth is they really treat them more like the icing on the cake. Now, occasionally I'll run into some pretty successful advisors who are doing a pretty good job of getting a lot of unsolicited referrals, which count, by the way. Sometimes people come to me, they feel guilty, like they're getting unsolicited referrals, and but they're not asking. They're not as being proactive as they know they could be, and they know they're missing opportunity. Uh, unsolicited referrals or introductions are, are great, of course, as long as they're to the right people the folks that you're trying to serve moving forward with your practice. The bottom line, Eric, really, it comes down to confidence. Most people either weren't taught a way to be appropriately proactive or the way they were taught, uh, they don't care for. It doesn't work for them anymore. The old adage, I get paid in two ways or three ways. That's about you and money in your pocket when you really should be talking about the client and and helping them money. And so we have more of a, client-centered approach. And when people realize that it can be a more of a client-centered approach, then they open up to the possibility. There's still a lot of fear and uncertainty around being proactive, but there's lots of ways to be proactive. So there are degrees in which you can do that, that we help people uh, feel more comfortable. Excellent. Yeah. It's, if you're, if you really believe in what you're doing and you feel comfortable with it, it's so much easier than if, if it's oh, yeah. uncomfortable, it's, it's not going to work as well. Right. By the way, speaking of that, you have a term called super referable. Uh, tell us what that is all about. Yeah, what I mean by that is really you've gotten to the point where you do get some unsolicited referrals or introductions. Like I said, those count and they're a barometer of your referability. Everyone on this call, you, me, everyone listening, anyone in business really should be getting some of those without asking if you're doing a great job for folks, some folks will talk about you to others. My, my observation over the last 30 odd years is about 20% of our clients will do it without asking. They just, their makeup is to help others help us a little bit. Another 20%, you could probably run into a burning building and save their children and they wouldn't do it. And then there's that 60%. Those are the clients that probably would do it, but they have to do it on their own terms and you have to nudge the process and create the culture a little bit. And so referability is all about a term we also call client engagement. And an engaged client is a client who feels good about the value and feels good about you. There's a personal connection and a value connection. And when you think in those terms throughout the client relationship, throughout the entire journey, then you're going to win more clients and you're going to become that super referable over time. Excellent. Excellent. So you break things into different parts, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, that first part of the journey of the client journey, 
And tell us a little bit about that first part and how yeah. it creates engagement. Yeah. So the first part is the, I call it the prospect experience. These are three unequal parts in the journey. And the prospect experience is usually the shortest part, unless you're courting someone over a long period of time. But it's that time from when you first meet them to them deciding to be a client, whatever that might look like for you. And one of the things we can do there to create this feeling of engagement is to talk about our client-centered, why we believe in the value and how that belief in the value, how the clients benefit from that. And so it's a little bit of our story. It's what we've observed, what we experienced and why we believe, but also why is that important to the client? What's the benefit to them? And see, I've seen that clients do want to know, or prospective clients want to know what you do. They want to know how you do it. They want to know your process, but they also need to get a sense of who you are. And the higher up the ladder of affluence you go to, to earn the right to influence their current and future financial lives, they got to have a sense of who you are so that why you believe in your value uh, is a big part. And I make it part of the prospect experience because I've seen that when advisors talk about this very early, first appointment usually, it actually helps them win more business not just become more referable. Real quick example. It's a guy was working with a group. We were doing some coaching. Uh, his name is Tommy. And uh, Tommy was struggling a little bit with his why. We figured out he, he went from working for a wirehouse to more of an independent type situation where he could bring more options to his clients. He, he felt a little too restricted. And that became his why. And he was sitting in front of a couple of sisters who were interviewing a few advisors. And, and he talked about the change. He says, I want to make sure that I'm always offering options that are always in the best interest of my clients and et cetera, et cetera. And they said, that's it. That's what we want to hear. And within a, about a week's time, they brought in almost a million and a half dollars. It's like about a million he's managing and about 500,000 went into an annuity right away for them. So it will help you win more business and it will help you become more referable. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Great. The next part of the, the client journey, I think you call it the, what, the new client experience, right? Yeah. Think about like an onboarding process. It's the first 30 to 90 days of that new client experience. It, it, it's, and it's an underutilized or underappreciated opportunity for folks to become more referable and really help clients feel they've made the right decision. We know that if Let's say you sell life insurance and, and they're going into underwriting and there's a waiting period and they wonder, are they going to get rated? How are they going to get rated, et cetera? Or they're bringing investments over and it takes a while for the money to transfer. They're wondering, is it going to be smooth? Everything going okay? So it's that no man's land for the first few weeks and staying in touch with them rather than just waiting to hear something, but uh, a weekly touch in to them. And then, so one guy I interviewed for my podcast, topadvisorpodcast.com, a shameless plug, uh, Brian Sweet has what he calls the 90-day dazzle program. I interviewed uh, Brian on how he tries to dazzle his new clients within this 90-day period. He doesn't tell them that he's going to try to dazzle them. He might set himself up for false expectations there, but he and his staff go through a checklist of things in the first 90 days. And how you remember, we're trying to create engaged client experiences here, right? So we're reaching out with value. How do we bring value early? An easy thing could be as simple as just reviewing their monthly statement. The first one or two months they get their statement because they don't always mm -hmm. understand 
how to how to read it and and they maybe don't want to admit to you that they can't figure it out that's a simple thing it could be having your team just write a handwritten note and send it that's a personal touch taking them to lunch breaking bread after they become a client's a personal touch inviting them to one of your webinars or educational events is an, is a value touch so just think of all the different things you can do in that first 60 30 60 90 days that go wow I've made the right decision. I've hired the right person. And that's where you become very referable very quickly. And it's very easy to get that word of mouth and those introductions happening early in a new relationship. And many advisors don't realize it's possible. And I have to say, I love the idea. It's the, the simplest ideas, right? A checklist of all the little things that you need to do to make right. that client have a great experience, be a raving fan, so to speak. Yep. Um, yep. What about the third stage, the the final stage? What what do we call that, and, and how yeah, does that's, that? Yeah, that's the ongoing relationship. Usually, they're the longest part, obviously. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of things you want to do. First of all, you want to make sure you have a client. It's often called a client service plan. I like to call it a client engagement plan. But how are we going to reach out and stay in touch with our clients over that over the period of serving them? Could be the newsletter, could be the educational events, the in person social events, the you know, the review meetings, all the different ways, all the different touches. What is that? What is it going to look like? And I'll tell you, probably the most important thing is just checking in around expectations. Sometimes we call it a value discussion, but making sure that you're on track with their expectations of working with you. And it's, it's often the little things that people won't complain about. Yet those are the things that can fester and can weaken referability, weaken the relationship in general. So doing those checks and saying, uh, over the past year, just think back. Any First of all, any place have we not met your expectations? Any place we've fallen short that we should be aware of so we can fix or at least prevent in the future? That takes a little courage to ask that if you haven't been in the habit of doing that. Most of the time, they're fine. But every now and then, there's a little something that needs to be talked about. And that's good work. And then what is working? How are we meeting or maybe even exceeding your expectations? We love to hear about that so we can keep doing that for you and do it for others as well. And getting them to think through that and, and articulate to you, you'll just run a better business. Clients appreciate that. This, is a, this creates engagement, this feeling of engagement. And this is one of the most powerful things you can do to actually generate unsolicited referrals or introductions. Mm -hmm. This is uh, these expectation value checks. It's the, corner the cornerstone of, of the system that we teach. It's, it's wonderful. I love the way you break it into three things. First, the why, right? The prospect, the why, then the checklist of all the things that you need to do those first 90 days, and then the whole client engagement experience. And again, it's another checklist, right? Writing down everything that you need to do and then just doing it. I think, that's the part that a lot of people struggle on is writing it down and then most importantly, doing it, right? Executing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you have something that you call the referral hierarchy. What is that and how does it apply to the discussion about creating more advocates and, and so forth? Yeah, I, I touched on it a little bit when you asked the question around the difference between referrals, referral leads and introductions. At the lowest end, we'll, we'll call, we'll say leads. <laughs> in most cases, for most people in this business, Leads are a recipe to mediocrity. It's not always the case. There are some exceptions out there, but in most cases, people start to become dependent on those and then they start to get more expensive. They start to get 
not as good. It creates a dependence that that one, it's hard to break out of that and start to be self-generating. So leads, I put at the bottom, someone should be lead free by the time their third year in this business, unless you have a system that brings in some really high quality, high level folks, in which case I, I would never tell you to not use those. The next is word of mouth people talking about us to others. That's great. We appreciate it. Every now and then we might get an email or a phone call. Like I said, that counts. That's good. Not usually enough to run a successful and grow a successful business. Not always the right types of folks that we need. Then there's that referred lead called George, use my name. Not as effective as it used to be. Sometimes can work, but again, not as effective. Really what we need is that introduction, that connection. But a level higher than that is what I'll call an advocate. An advocate is someone who, first of all, wants to help others through the value that you provide. They also want to help you. There's a combination effect that's going on there. And these folks really work on a good connection. They'll bug their friend to talk to you or they'll bug you to talk to your friend. They take a stake in the introduction that they make. And a lot of advisors like to reward these advocates, like that Brian Sweet I mentioned earlier, he has what he calls an ambassador program. I've helped other advisors create these ambassador programs where they identify the folks that really are creating the word of mouth and making the introductions. And they do a few, a couple of special events over the course of a year just for those folks to reward that behavior. So that's the hierarchy that I like to think about. Got it. Yeah, love it. Nothing better than having systems in place and having other people helping you do what you need to do for your own business. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, it's a culture that you build over time and it starts to create a, a life of its own. Yeah. So the other thing is a lot of people need like a step-by-step approach. And I know that you've created this four-step uh, process to asking for introductions. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'll give it to you briefly. I know our time is short. We call it the VIPS. VIPS. Many of our clients have known us for a while, call it VIPS. But the V is the value discussion, which I've covered a little bit, checking in at different points to make sure that the prospect or the client seeing value in the conversation, the overall relationship. The I is treat the request with importance. We want to First of all, it deserves to be treated with importance because the work you do is important. But we also know how we put it out there will determine how people respond. So sometimes bringing back that why, that our mission to reach more people with this important work could be part of that. The P is permission to explore or brainstorm. We know that not everyone likes to make introductions, give referrals, especially around personal finance, right? Some people get a little more contained or guarded around that. And so we found that by softening the approach a little bit, not being assumptive, but making sure they're okay proceeding really gets more people to proceed. And then S, which is extremely important, is suggest names and categories, coming prepared. The biggest mistake that most people make when asking for introductions, and everyone listening has made this mistake, I've made it too, it's who do you know who should know about the work we do? Or can you think of anyone else who should be aware of what we do or might benefit from what we do? You're throwing it open to the whole universe and they usually draw a blank. What we need to do is come very specific with very specific people we know they know, mm-hmm. or it could be categories, groups of people, could be money in motion, life events. We're just trying to narrow their focus a little bit, get a little more surgical and get people to visualize folks in their mind's eye, their sister and brother-in-law in the area, the, the guys or gals they play golf with. 
And by getting them to narrow their focus, we stand a much better chance of them thinking of folks that should at least be aware of the work we do. So that's the VIPS in a nutshell. Yeah, I think the S, like you said, is, is really the most critical. It is. Um, it's very important. Now, the other thing that we want to do our best at, we always want to go up market. And it seems like a lot of people have the tendency to go lateral or maybe even lower. Uh, how do we get people to, to refer up, if you will? Yeah, most people do, uh, left to their own device, do tend to refer lateral and down, generally speaking. And so a couple of things real quick. First of all, get clear on what up means to you. Who are you trying to really attract? The first line of defense is to teach your clients who you serve the best, uh, for whom your processes are best suited. And you may not teach that to everybody because there may be some people that don't know those folks or you don't want to make them feel bad. I don't want to say, Eric, I'm looking for people more successful than you. That's a tough way to do it. So be clear. And then to those people, you want to play the odds a little bit. So if you're looking for, let's say, B, B plus and A type prospects, clients, then those are the people you talk to and you teach them. Here are the types of folks we serve the best, people much like yourself who have worked a long time, who stay very well, or whatever your criteria are. You can talk about income and, and assets. You don't have to. You can talk about age, family structure, whatever's important to you. And that way, let me give you a specific example. So one group I was coaching, they started to do this, and they found that a lot of their clients were just talking about their children and introducing to the show. And that's actually a great thing. And that's a whole other conversation we could have, but they wanted to make sure it wasn't just to the children. So I said, all right, it's all in how you ask. So when you say, maybe we can put our heads together and brainstorm a little, see if we can identify a few folks like yourself who have saved well, have worked hard all their lives, da, da, who you think should know about the work that we do. I've got a couple ideas to run by you. So just by how we ask, we frame it so we get them to think in those terms, whatever terms we, we want, whether it's people in a specific industry or people who work at their company with them, their colleagues, all the different ways to narrow their focus. Yeah, narrowing the focus. It's almost like you say to somebody how we always said, is the beginning of the week or the end of the week better? You don't just say, so tell me, when, when do you want to meet, right? You give right, them right. the direction and it really helps. It, it does help a little bit, yeah. Yeah. You've shared some great stuff today, some really Thanks. valuable information. There's a wealth of information that Bill Cates and his organization have. Tell us, where do we go for more? What are some of the things that we can do to point our listeners in, in that right direction to get better? Yeah, a few things. And I'm going to start with the complimentary, the, the free stuff. And I say free, but valuable. My podcast, topadvisorpodcast.com. A lot of great interviews with High-level folks doing neat stuff in the industry. We have a resources page that's filled with a lot of scripts and checklists and things. It's all free to you. And that's referralcoach.com forward slash resources. Referralcoach.com forward slash resources. I also have a new book coming out. Not sure when this is going to actually air, but probably going to be March. So look for it. It's called The Language of Referrals. And it's all the words and scripts and phrases and things that I've developed and, and picked up from others over the years. And that's coming out in March of 2024, the language of referrals. So look for that. So yeah, and referralcoach.com is my main website and you can get into my world by going there. So thanks. Listen, Bill, one thing that I ask of you is don't keep me a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've been teaching that forever and it's a great yeah. little phrase. Thanks. 
Good. It's been great seeing you and we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to collaborating on many more things together. You bet, Eric. My pleasure. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for being part of our community of forward-thinking financial advisors on Revolutionary Practices for Financial Advisors. We hope you've gained valuable insights from our exceptional guests and Eric Sussman's expertise. As you continue your journey to take your financial services practice to the next level, we encourage you to stay curious, adaptable, and always open to innovation. The revolution has just begun, and we're excited to have you on board. Stay tuned for more game-changing episodes, and until next time, keep pushing the boundaries and revolutionizing your practices.